I, I, I think I'm going to get kicked out of the discord I'm in if I tell them I'm 40. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you might just get just, just categorically kicked off TikTok for being 40. You don't even have to yeah. tell people. No, I'm, so I installed TikTok and I see I have, I have five notifications on, on you know, the badge, five notifications. And then when I open the app, I don't know where to go to see anything. <laughs> and so, and, and yeah, you can hear it now playing in the background. But I don't know what to do and where are the notifications and but, what am I supposed to I mean, I get the app. I, I understand the navigation. I know what I'm doing, but I'm just like, where do these things go? But aren't what are, aren't all the videos in the background distracting Joe when you're trying to find the notifications? I, they are, but are the notifications the videos? Like, is it five new videos that should be of interest to me because the engine has told them they're of interest to me? I don't... Maybe people make you oh, videos. I'm old. So have you seen this uh, this article, or, or we talked about this actually years ago, so you should know it. This chatbot called, and I still, we've recorded this for the second time, and I want to say Republic, Replica, Replica.ai. And this chatbot essentially is supposed to be a companion to you, and it learns based on talking to you and understanding who you are. So it's sort of like a reflection of yourself. But during the pandemic in the U.S., half a million people downloaded this just to uh, potentially check it out or fight off loneliness. And so, Chus, I'm, I'm curious on your side. We've talked about this, you know, from years ago, and we've talked about our friends being digital. But I'm curious what the initial thoughts that you have on this. So I'm always really curious. You explained before it was um, created by a woman who actually had a friend pass away and she wanted her friend to not have passed away. So she was like, if I take all of the online communication I have of her, can I sort of create a, a smart AI that goes through that and that can make me feel like I can still be talking to her? And can I then on top of that, create something that- Talking to him. Sorry, to him. I didn't know the original <laughs> story that well, but like I'm talking to him and uh, as well as uh, create an engine that allows me to have conversations that are kept up. So it's not just an old database, but it, it grows and it learns. And what I find interesting now is that because it needs all of this kind of personal data, they've built it in such a way that it grabs uh, your things. And I think that's why they've pivoted into this direction that looks a little bit more like uh, self-help for lonely people and helping you learn and become a better person. Yeah. So initially, this uh, one of our team members, Bessie, had downloaded this. And we talked about this maybe two or three years ago on an old Let's Fix Things episode. And the re the reason it's called Replica is it's supposed to replicate you. The whole idea, like the, the logo is an egg. And by the way, it's replica.ai with a K in replica. And the logo is an egg because it was supposed to be a replica of you. But as you said, it's now becoming this companion. And actually that's how they presented on the website as a, as a companion. And what's really interesting is we've talked about what technology and design does or can do to aid in mental health. And I think the easy way to look at this is like, oh, okay, it's, you know, the bot from her, you know, the movie. Mm -hmm. But if I think of it in a different way, and, and you called out some of these categories, and I want you to rename them in a second, what this can do as far as helping someone have somebody to talk to 
if they are not comfortable in talking to people about specific situations, it could be bullying, it could be harassment, it could be, you know, going so far as suicidal thoughts, right? But there is a lot of things that people may not want to share that you could feel comfortable in sharing or having something to share with. And eventually that could open you up to sharing with other people. So it does seem like actually a pretty good step in how you handle grief, death, personal thoughts, mental health. And I, you know, I do applaud where they have gone with this, but who's, what are some of those, those categories that you were talking about? So they have conversation starters in there that are like a group by theme and they, they have like typical things like uh, personality tests or something more deep reflecting on life, inspirational quotes, uh, managing stress and anxiety, improving social skills. So you see that all these things are really aimed at helping you deal with certain things that maybe in the pandemic situation are actually hitting home with a lot of people, especially since social contact is all digital now, you might as well have that sort of neutral personality in there that you can talk to about your deepest things inside of yourselves without actually having the stress of knowing that that person later on will come back to this at, uh, at an inopportune moment or you're telling something that you don't want anybody to know. What I'm curious about though is that Many of these topics, if you're thinking about that and about how this bot works, it, it looks at what is. It looks at your behavior as is and your conversation patterns. So it's very much a the information that the bot runs on is a reflection of your behavior. But very often when we want to change, like to manage stress or to improve social skills, we take a decision on wanting something. But that's not the point where our behavior is at. That's the point where our intention is going. And I wonder how they deal with that. What also really struck me on this is something that was shared. So the, this uh, Vice Guide to 2030, mm -hmm. and one of the sections on that, it interviews a bunch of uh, people, younger age range, like 18 to 25 or something like that. What was striking to me is how people are starting to think about identity. And so some of the numbers that they had was 41% said they identify as neutral on the spectrum of masculinity and femininity. 48% said they identify as something other than heterosexual. And what it made me start thinking of is how these bots learn, right? How you progress and grow in your life. And so if I think about my life up until I'm, let's say, 25, 23 years of that could be one thing, 20, you know, sorry, 23 years of that could be one thing. In the last two years, I could have progressed in some very completely different direction. And so how do you think about averaging that data out? How do you think about, you know, adjusting this bot on what you are becoming so that you are not crystallized, that this is not a set point in time that is created, but that is, it is a, basically a growth engine. So in in computer science, you have several techniques that can help you out with making something that adjusts to a situation, right? And you have the basic things like averaging or a rolling average or filtering out the extremes to, to cancel them out as noise. But I'm really curious, what are the equivalents in social psychology and AI? Do you need to filter out the extremes or are these things that you really, really need to quickly dive on as a chatbot? If I have a very extreme reaction to something, is that instead of noise, is that actually something that the bot needs to jump on and figure out what the topic is? What if I'm talking about having really bad thoughts of doing something uh, really bad to myself or somebody else? That's not noise. That's actually a trigger. 
So I'm really curious how, how these computer principles that we've always used or mathematical principles, if they will stand up in AI and social psychology. I can also imagine just from a very practical point of view, like the way that we have thought about building software and creating teams has been so static for the last like 30 or 40 years, right? You have development, you have QA, maybe you have a design team, you have a product owner or a program manager. I can imagine for something like this, you have development, but then you need a, you know social science, you need research, like the actual physical UI design part is sort of inconsequential. And it does make me, you know, it does beg the question of what is design in this case? Because like if you if you apply a designer to this, deciding what the avatar looks like is the least of the actual design of this application. I think we should watch out for thinking that this is an app that can be designed by designers and developers. That's like saying, hey, so on Netflix, we have a bunch of shows, but they're made by designers and developers. I think this app is a, a content serving app where the content itself shouldn't be made by designers and developers. They're actually people who are really good at this, which is psychologists, sociologists, uh, writers, who not. So I think if we would treat this as a technology that can just be made by setting it up and, and maintaining it as technology, I think we're I think we're not treating it for what it is. This is a a content serving application that needs to be tended to by people who are specialists in the content. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think my point was is that designers often get this uh, overinflated sense of ego on like, oh, I'll go and design that. But frankly, you know, a, a traditional UI designer is absolutely not what you need on this. And why I bring that up is because it makes me think 10 years from now, how our roles change. And the fact that I'm, you know, educated in graphic design and UI design and some research makes me think in 10 years from now, it, you know, everybody's looking at service design right now. Is it really social science that what design becomes as AI basically allows me to just create applications and websites very, very easily? And I, you know, it's just plug and play. Does design completely morph into this other field that actually already exists? Right, so do we do we fold into some other field? I don't know the answer, but damn, it's interesting to think about. Yeah, I still see design as a as a mindset that anybody can apply, and you just you need you need kind of a base skill under that. What are you going to design? You need that mindset of a designer, but that doesn't mean you designer is is your profession. I I love that so much because for me it's like design is just essentially critical thinking or user centered, you know, empathy based thinking, yeah. right? The fact that you actually draw rectangles on a screen is inconsequential. It's just a way of thinking. So honestly, if all of a sudden that folded back into social science or something like that, I would love that. I, I think that would be a great place for it to go. I didn't put a lot of thought into that. So, you know, don't, don't tell me how wrong I am or don't write in and tell me that. I, I'll, I'll figure it out as I keep thinking about it. But anyways, Chus, I think we'll wrap up for this week. Yep. Okay, man. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.